Let's hit the guest line. Let's welcome aboard Richard Dice, writer, reporter, SI, covers media, does it all. Good morning, Richard. How are you, bud? Good morning. Good Rich, morning. Appreciate you getting up early for us. Thanks so much for doing it. And I'm going to start with an easy question, but I don't know if it has an easy answer. Are the NFL ratings up or down? Because I feel like I'm reading multiple news stories coming out almost every single day that are either making an argument that they're up or making an argument that they're down. What's the truth? Maggie, because we work together, isn't the really more interesting thing that you're not really so thankful that I've woken up this morning? No, you're I was being like, sarcastic because I really wanted you to come on about an hour ago and you said yeah. you couldn't do it. That I was an inside you. joke between you and me. Yeah. That's a good that's good transparency to the audience, and I appreciate that. <laughs> that is absolutely true. No, 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 the audience uh, knows me so well they know when I'm being sarcastic. I think they picked up on that. All right, so in terms of the NFL ratings, it's a good question, and you could really do like five hours on it because um, so much of it depends on how you want to approach the ratings, and in the case of television networks as well as people obviously with political agendas, you could spin the ratings how you want. The top line is that the NFL ratings are down from 2016. There's no argument about that. They're down about 7% across the board. Um, the always interesting thing about it is the whys, and I'll get to that in a second. If you look at certain weeks, though, and certain windows, and windows are basically like the Sunday night football window, the 425 window for Fox or CBS, the Thursday night football window, the Monday night football window, some of those windows are up. Like, for instance, Thursday Night Football has had some great games, maybe arguably the best games of the year, and CBS and NFL Network, uh, they're up about 5% over last year. So if CBS wants to tell their story, hey, what, how are the NFL ratings? They would be like, hey, we're having a really good year for this particular window. We're up 5%. So it's, there's no, like, perfect answer. Um, as a general rule, I would say they are down. And certainly in terms of local ratings, they're down. In, in, most, uh, in most markets, not all markets, but most markets, they dropped um, from last year. But then the larger question, and this is the interesting one, is like the why. And I think it's a fa- it's, there are infinite factors um, as to the why, including just how we watch television today, the fact that cable news remains way, way up in a lot of those windows because of the Trump presidency and all the news that's that comes out of there. Um, I think you could obviously at times point to the quality of play in a league, which at times is not great. I think it's a little better this year. And then finally, the inevitability that ratings are going to be down from highs of 2014 and 2015, just because most sports ratings at least have dropped the tick. I'm not one who believes that um, any NFL ratings drop is somehow directly related to Colin Kaepernick or players protesting. Um, I I agree that there are people out there who don't like it. I think that's certainly a fact. But behaviors are very tough to change. And this would be the sort of the what I always say is, you know, like if you are a Buffalo Bills fan or if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, the idea that you're somehow not going to watch your team because a player is doing something 2,000 miles away just doesn't track. I, I don't think there are large swaths of people who have really decided to walk away from the NFL entirely just because of what is going on with some of the players, a very small minority of the players, politically. So that's that's sort of at least my Cliff Notes version of what's going on. What's your take, Richard? Um, I saw you tweet about the other night uh, on the job that uh, Romo has done year one. Incredible, Mark. 
Uh, I mean, not. And by the way, I would not have expected it. I I would have subscribed to the idea that what is CBS doing, bringing this guy into the top spot to give him the highest profile games, including sometimes twice a week. You know, why not put him on like the number four team? Let him have a year of experience in some lower level games in smaller markets, and then if you want to put him on to the Nance team, at least he's got a year under his belt. But he's been a revelation to me. I mean, his um, his ability to diagnose defenses in particular is unbelievable. Um, and obviously, because he's so current, he just played with against some of these defenses. He knows a lot of the tendencies and uh, the players. And he's so good at anticipating play calls given certain situations. It just, to me, like makes the broadcast so much fun. He's also really enthusiastic. I mean, if you watch that Raiders-Chiefs game, he's just... <laughs> The guy, like, I literally thought the guy was going to jump out of the booth and into the field. He was so excited about those final minutes. That's not fake enthusiasm. I think that's just clearly he just loves football so much. I know there are some people who complain it's too much. You don't want to, you know, you don't want him to give away the play calling. But I mean, like, relax. He's not giving away every play call every time. And you should, as a, to me, as a television viewer, you should be psyched to have a guy who's like able to give you that kind of insight as opposed to. You know, so many other color analysts over the years who just, you know, give you, like, platitudes and coach speak and, you know, hey, Coach X, he's such a great guy. <laughs> you know, we went out yesterday and he's, you know, like, Roll is actually, like, he's teaching you things about the game. So I can't say enough good things about him. He, this has to, I mean, again, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not old enough to know what it was like in 1961 or something like that, but I, I don't know how this isn't the greatest NFL analyst broadcasting debut ever. I think so, too. I think, actually, he, I was calling it like a magic trick, you know, where he can tell you what the play is going to be before it unfolds. I think he's actually dialing that back a little bit and, and picking his spots a little bit more where he tells you the who and the what when he's actually responsible for the how and the why. And I think hmm. that he's been – I think he's actually been – he's actually grown a lot over just the first as we approach the first half, the midway point, rather, of the NFL season. We're talking with Richard Deitch, my colleague at Sports Illustrated, a writer, reporter – covers the media. Do not call him a media critic. He will not like that at all. Richard, <laughs> what happens on Monday? Jamel Hill's suspension will be over. What do you think happens? Well, I think she'll come in, and I think she'll do the Sports Center 6, and I think ESPN will hope that the news cycle won't be so great, although certainly online it will be, and a lot of people will tweet about it, write about it, think about it. Um, you know, I think inevitably, and this is what I wrote a week ago, I think the relationship is a bridge too far at this point. I think ultimately for Jamel Hill, we'll t we're talking about uh, months left in her ESPN tenure as opposed to years, and she has years left on her contract. Um, management has started to really change that show pretty significantly in terms of uh, bringing in traditional sports center elements. They want uh, they want opinionists who have different opinions than Helen Smith to come on which, you know, sort of makes it more like an embrace debate kind of thing. And I think, you know, if it, uh, you know, I, I have no doubt that I think ESPN management was, is not happy that Jamel Hill is as um, vocal as she is about politics or social issues, probably the right way to phrase it, on Twitter. And I think if you're Jamel Hill, you look at management and you're like, you know, you hired me to be an opinionist. I've been here a long time. This is what I truly believe in terms of the president of the United States and my experiences as a um, – you know, as a black woman in this country, and you didn't support me when the rubber hit the road. The most important time, you uh, one, you sort of like chastised me for my initial comments, and then two, 
when I talked about not necessarily even saying you must, you should protest these companies. It was more of a nuance. It was more like, hey, if you want to attack Jerry Jones, here's how you attack him. You attack him through his sponsors. Um, and ESPN just basically the second anytime their business interests might have been, um, you know, I'm maybe compromising the right word, but anytime an employee ever talked about their business interests, that's that's the third rail for them. And, you know, they litter up for two weeks. So I, I don't see the relationship ever being repaired for the long term. I guess it could be, but I, I don't see it. And I, I would not be surprised, let's say, by we're in October now, you know, January, February, whatever, you, you, you see a press release out of ESPN to say, that we parted in ways with Jamel Hill. It's a mutual decision. We thank her for her time at ESPN, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Richard, what about ESPN's relationship now with Barstool Sports? It's a good question, Mark. Um, if you've noticed, they're trying to thread the line. It's an interesting line that they're trying to thread. What they're saying is we're in business with PFT commenter Dan Katz and the very, very popular Part in My Take podcast show. But Barstool is Barstool. We don't control their content. We don't necessarily endorse their content. We're in business with the, this particular group. So that's how they're going to spin it, and that's how they're going to push it. And the reason, of course, Mark and Maggie, they're doing this relationship is they desperately want eighteen to 35, the 18 to 35-year-old market that Barstool has. ESPN right now is not a cool brand. They've been in the media, uh, or they've been, they've been in the news, generally speaking, for uh, not positive things. So they really would like to you know, try to make themselves like they were in the 90s again. That's not going to happen, but that's the management's goal. Barstool provides this very loyal audience. It's a one o'clock show. It's a very low risk. And so, you know, they're hoping that they can make this show work at a very untraditional time. But the thread line is very tough here because to me, you know, you're, you're trying to sort of step away from, from, from the worst of Barstool. And certainly in the past, misogyny, misogynistic comments, um, attacks on on fellow ESPNers. Uh, so that's the sell that management's doing, is that, you know, we're in business with these three people who have just mostly been apolitical about ESPN, but we're not in business per se with the larger Barstool brand. Of course, they are in business with the Barstool brand. And so you wonder eventually how that uh, is going to work out. I, I do think Barstool's a different brand in 2017 than they were in 2011. I think they're more professionalized. I don't think they go down the same uh, awful roads as they have been in the, uh, as they sometimes were in the past. But, you know, the fact is they, they are a brand that is very non-PC. They're going to say what they want. It's one of the reasons why all these 20-year-old men, in particular 25-year-old men, really, really like them. And so that's very counter to ESPN and Disney, as both of you guys know in the media, where, you know, we just as we just saw with Jamel Hill and others, if you step across a certain line, they're going to suspend you. So it's you know, inevitably, it's there. There, there are different POVs and DNAs here between Barstool and ESPN. The question will be, I think, the way I see it is, how much will ESPN management be willing to deal with many of their employees, and particularly many of their women employees, not happy with this relationship? Richard Deitch. Well, they have every Hubbard. right not to be happy with some of the things that uh, some of the guys that work for Barstool have said in the past. I mean, what they said about Sam Ponder was disgusting. Right, well, it's way over the line, uh, what Dave Portnoy said about Sam Ponder at that time. Um, I'm with you on that. She's got every right to be um, ticked off. Uh, but, you know, it's – I don't want to be a hypocrite here. You know, there are things that the brand that Maggie and I work for, Sports Illustrated, 
that people are not going to like and, and people will, and, and in my opinion, have the right to criticize us if they're not happy with. No, no, but it's you, one thing to criticize. You know, it, it's another thing to take it to the personal level that they did at one point in time. That That's... I, that that's the issue, and you, you flip on the radio the, and the product that they put out, Richard. It, it really hasn't changed all that much. I mean, if you, I say, if you uh, flip on their product on the radio side, I mean, the the barstool stuff is the barstool stuff. Agreed. Listen, I, I I you know I don't listen to barstool radio a lot. I must confess and be honest. But the specific attack on Sam Ponder was way way over the top, and and she has every right to be pissed off. And ESPN. You know, if they're a decent company, should defend her. the The interesting story in all this is that the PFT group doesn't right. do that. They're they're essentially a very funny football mocking show. But the reality is, they get a check from Barstool. So I, I think ESPN is being hypocritical and trying to thread that line. They should either own the relationship whole and say, "Hey, we're in desperate situation. We need eighteen to thirty five and say we're in business, or then don't go in business. Sure. I, I do think the thread the thread that they're trying to do is is, is a little weak. He, but, again, I don't want to be a hypocrite. At the same time, there are 30 ESPN employees at least who've been on that podcast who would make the same argument, and I've been a guest on that podcast. Yeah. Gotcha. And I'm sure, and I'm sure, some, I'm sure in some way, you know, when Barstool does something I don't like, I, I, I might make the same argument in that, hey, I don't, I don't see these PMT guys as the exact same thing as Richard, it's, we're, it's we're, an interesting story. We get, we're, we're flying, flying out, out of time. Out of time. We Thanks do for this coming again. on, Rich. This is why you should do it earlier. We'd yeah. have more time. You Richard Deitch from Sports Illustrated.